This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. 9.36 in the morning, this is the SM show that's all about what's working and what's not in the stocks, in stocks and markets. And I'm Julian Ng together with Ku Su Chuang. And today we have a very special guest from Aberdeen Asset Management, Hasif Murad, who's an investment manager there. And uh, we're going to talk about an, uh, a clause in the budget. Um, the government earmarking about 3 billion ringgit in funds to invest in small and mid-cap companies. Guys, this is 10% of our G- GST collection this year and half of what is what has been allocated to BRIM. So uh, is there something wrong with this picture, Hasif? Um, I don't think so. Uh, well, not at the, at the first onset. I think um, this picture was drawn uh, as part of a bigger picture of the... Uh, you know, as a small medium cap PLC research scheme. So you got to see it as, you know, one of two things that, that makes the whole picture. But I guess uh, theoretically, uh, is it a wrong thing? I, I guess that's up for debate, right? That That is truly up for debate. And uh, just a little bit about uh, background information. Um, so 3 billion bucks is to be invested in small and mid-cap companies. And as you say, part of uh, this initiative to cover uh, this under-researched stock. Uh, Maybank Kim Ng feels that, uh, of course, there is a dichotomy here between the views of uh, people who are worried about how our money is spent and the investing community, right? So Maybank Kim Ng feels that uh, there can be a situation where value would be unlocked because the average valuation of these stocks is about five times. Well, I don't think there's. Uh, I think there's an equal weightage in terms of pros and cons versus what's good and what's bad in terms of the scheme, because let's start with the cons. Because I'm just a negative kind of guy that way, right? <laughs> the, the thing is, this money comes from taxpayers. It is meant to, you know, it's, it will artificially, in a way, prop up the stock market. And I think the only superficial, the, the preliminary beneficiaries from this fund will be the people to whom it has been allocated. So whether it's been given to PNB or Corp or LTAT mm. or one of the big fund managers or even one of the private ones like yourselves, you know, as if. Mm. Um, and the commissions and, 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 and the brokerage that you get as a result of that. Mm. So maybe at a, fir- at a first line level, the intermediaries will make the money. And secondly, uh, I guess, you know, it depends on who, which companies are bought, on what basis they're bought, at what valuations they're bought, and how much of that company is bought because it also might create a false market for that stock, right? Or even would it be deemed as a bailout? So those are the things are the cons of that particular strategy. But, you know, I'm, I'm actually more interested in the benefits because at the end of the day, you've got the vast majority of, stock, of the stock exchange, something mm-hmm. like, um, you know, 900 companies or so that are outside of the Bursa Top 100 that are basically invisible. So, you know, by giving them this visibility and this research, then they get, a, you know, they get their time in the sun. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think there's very good points there. And firstly, in the fact that still very early days for us, there's a lot of things that or a lot of details that are left out. Like for one, most of these GLICs have very different definitions of what is small mid cap. That's you right. Know, it's, it's under two billion for Coop. It's under one billion for EPF. I think that needs to be sorted out first and foremost, right? That gives us a, a better game plan for how you want to approach this. Uh, but but it's also actually funds that are within their own um, asset allocation that's going to be pumped out. Uh, and so in that sense, that gives them a bit more uh, leeway to, to look into new asset classes for those that can't already invest in small mid-caps. So that's, I guess, a pro for them. But again, um, if this doesn't get thought out well enough, 
uh, the con is that there are going to be only certain parts of the market that's going to benefit from it. Well, well, the, the con out. is exactly that, the con. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, sorry. Quite literally, oh, for, the for con. Me, literally. For, me, for me, yeah, the con, right? There, there is another big con as well, uh, which is that there is always this belief that uh, markets are self-correcting mechanisms. Mm. Um, is there really a need for especially uh, a government to prop up stock prices just for the sake of propping them up? Because if your stocks are undervalued, that's the kind of value that market participants have decided for that uh, particular uh, cluster of investments. And if they feel that there is a value and there is, uh, there is enough reason to buy into those stocks, for example, a change in business conditions or expect expectations of higher dividends, then yeah, it materializes itself in something that is very tangible in your cash flows, in your share values, in your sales growth. Um, is there really a need for somebody to come in and say, hey, we need to kind of uh, you know, activate things here a little bit? Yeah, I, I think you've hit it, the, the nail on the head there, Julian. I mean, um, I think no one really saw this um, you know, initiative coming out of the budget, uh, especially in, the, in terms of capital markets. Um, but I think it's still early, very early days for us to say you know, whether, uh, what's going to come out of it. And so um, what I'd probably look out for in terms of making sure that um, this works out is to have just more than this merely propping up the market. You should have something along the lines of um, whoever manages these assets um, try to improve um, as small and medium caps on a corporate governance side as well. So there has to be other, you know, sweeteners attached to this uh, to this fund than just merely sweeteners. making profits. You're, you're talking about sweeteners. What is kind that, of? Yeah, that's another Freudian slip. <laughs> yeah. well, <That's> <laughs> sweeteners in the sense not not to the to the, the companies themselves, but um, in in the form of the plan in itself to ensure that it's just not merely for you know making gains, but also to ensure that there are improvements in corporate governance, uh, improvement in management style, and as well as visibility for these companies that have, as you've mentioned, you know, have been invisible all this while. Yeah, but the thing is, if you're a policymaker and if you're in government and you know that the country is probably it is one of its most uh, or less least optimistic at mm. any point in time. We don't um, have enough money to put it bluntly. Correct. Right? Yeah. We don't have we, enough money. People might we, be losing We need the, to screen, scrunch, scrunch uh, every single cent that we can get correct. rather than uh, having a fund to play around in the stock market. Well, mm. the government says, okay, I'm going to give you brim. I'm going to give a helicopter cash and cash handouts. And I'm also going to give this, this kind of like this blanket of, of euphoria in terms of funds to, to the share market. And there's a very close link between the stock market and the property market and disposable income. The mm. stock market. Stock market. Which is the spiel for the, the stock spiel. market. I'm Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, so I, I guess they're trying to spread some love that way. Yeah. And um, but, but at the end of the day, um, you know, we've done, we've done this before. I yeah. think we've had the CMDF uh, small small cap research fund in the past, and I yeah. think S and P was the one that was mandated at the time, mm. right? Was mm. it stand in the post to do yeah. some small yeah, cap research? Didn't really take off. So yeah. I mean, I think we should be learning a lot of lessons from there and yeah. trying to apply those lessons to this present day scenario. Yeah. 9.43, you're listening to the SNM show that's all about what's working, what's not in stocks and markets. And today we have Hasif Murad, investment manager with Aberdeen Assets Management. And we're talking about the 3 billion fund that the government has set up uh, to uh, buy into small and mid-cap stocks. We'll be back with more. BFM 89.9. 9.45 a.m., this is the SNM show, the show that's all about what's working, what's not in stocks and market. And we're talking about the government's intention to set up a 3 billion ringgit fund to buy into small and mid-cap stocks. And guys, 
This is something I believe that is that is beyond ideological objectives. I mean, we talked about how uh, the government can inject uh, some energy into these small cap funds uh, or small cap stocks, but we have seen this before, and it, it's beginning to establish itself as a kind of pattern of behavior that the government likes propping up stock prices for some reason because we had that 20 billion ringgit fund that was set up a while back uh, with the auspices of uh, Value Cap and uh, Kazana and Coop. And then also, I think uh, if you can remember this, back in 2002, Value Cap uh, initially was also created under the Mahathir administration to buy into underperforming shares. So uh, ideological objectives aside, uh, there is this pattern of, of uh, I would, dare I say, insecurity, right? The government needs to do something about what they perceive as undervalued stocks, right? Is this something that's quite scary to you, Hazif? Well, for one, I don't think it's, it's a healthy habit to have. I mean, you know, um, there's a reason why stocks are undervalued. Uh, I don't think the government always necessarily has to have a role in, you know, making sure that um, capital markets work efficiently. Uh, I think uh, the capital market players themselves have that role, and to to get government to 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 have to come and pump in is just a waste of resources to a certain extent. Yeah, absolute waste of resources, right? Uh, f- uh, for that matter, China has done it. China exactly. tried uh, pumping a few trillion into the market because it would uh, it was quite scared that the crash in the stock market there uh, would have economic consequences, and it didn't. And it didn't work because the market fell even further. And they depleted the reserves as well. But, um, you know, the 20 billion ringgit, I think, well, the, the, the news flow has dried up since then. And we mm. don't know where we stand. Mm. I think uh, 6 billion has been deployed or something. That was the last story. And then that's, where's the other 14? Is it still going to be deployed? And, you know, at the end of the day, because I was trying to think of which are the biggest beneficiaries of this, of this fund, 3 billion ringgit. And you try and, try and go along the theme of don't fight the Fed kind of thing, yeah. right? This fund's inflow. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's the, it's the regulators, it's the policy makers. Yeah. But then the, the front line of beneficiaries will obviously be the stock exchange because yep. that's, that's where they make their money, right? Yep. Broken commissions and, and trading commissions. Yeah. Um, Three billion is not a lot but of money it's not in, a lot. in this whole scheme no, of things, right? I mean, no. we have a market capitalization of, uh, is it over a trillion ringgit right yeah. now? And three billion yeah. is barely, barely a drop in the ocean. Yeah, but I mean, just on discussion of what works and what not, right? Let me just probably have a think back and say what, what probably worked for, for, for where governments have intervened in capital markets. And I'm thinking about um, in the Sukuk market and MIFC where the government have set up a fund uh, to basically invest in Sukuk but it, it didn't stop there it went on to, to say we look, we're giving tax incentives for issuers uh, we, uh, of Sukuk uh, we're making sure that there's more um, you know development within the market itself rather than just a one-off this is a pure investment for undervalued and then it stops there without more objective uh, aims right whereas the Sukuk, the Sukuk fund and Sukuk market uh, initiatives under MIFC the Malaysian Islamic Financial Centre had more uh, clearer objectives for us to achieve and it was consistent policy over you know five to seven year period so we saw that actually work out for us I guess you can pigeonhole that into what is good policy because mm. Sukuk at that time was a nascent idea yeah. nascent industry and uh, what has resulted from that is a, a whole financial industry that's focused now on Sukuk issuance and yep. Malaysia is one of the biggest Sukuk issuers in the exactly, world yeah. so something good has come out of it but yeah. stocks yeah. I mean yeah. we have been doing stocks for what, since the 50s and 60s? Correct. Yeah. So, yeah, 
yeah, so correct. From that viewpoint, Hasif, you're right, because Malaysia is still in capacity building mode, mm. whereas we have been in the share market the last few years. And, and we, we talk a lot about Gen, Gen Ys and Gen Zs and how you know, trading volumes are tapering off. Only the elder folk, the Gen, the Gen Xs and you know, the, the moneyed individuals are in the stock market. But I've got to ask you, you know, do we have the proper governance framework and the correct uh, integrity in the system mm. for, to, to, to make people to you know, to encourage young people to come and buy shares in the share market. Yeah. Just in the last few days, we've had things like um, Ta'an Resources with yeah, acquisitions, mm. we've, had edg- we've had FGV, yep. you know, we've had various yep. uh, other transgressions in the yep. past, which is just an- yet another blot on the market yeah. for uh, our listed companies. Yeah. So, so already people are not trading the share market and they're trading it for credibility reasons. Yeah. And then here you are artificially propping it up. I mean, if I was the stock exchange, I'd be asking some serious questions about myself. Yeah. Yeah. myself. And, and these are also uh, potentially conduits for corruption, right? Uh, 20 billion here, 3 billion there, 5 billion mm. here. Where does the money go? And I, I agree with you, Chuang, but I also slightly disagree with you because I don't see the need to really give this push to young people to play the stock market because I, I think that people should invest in funds like Aberdeen, all right? Or <laughs> like, so, like Vanguard or, or yeah. something, right? There, there, funds, there is yeah. really no need for you to take up a second career as a fund manager because we already have very skilled fund managers like Hasif. Yeah. No, well, I <laughs> <laughs> again, thanks for the pitch. But no, I, I think that brings me back to my point that if you want to do this $3 billion thing, do it right, right? So in that sense, it's not just purely for valuations, but ensure that the fund managers that do manage it have a, an inherent uh, need or want to improve corporate governance on that side. So that deals with some of the you know issues you've said about Chuang. Uh, you know, uh, companies just simply undertaking, say, leverage, for example, um, or you know, um, just un- undercutting um, shareholders. So in that sense, you create that moral imperatives for these guys to well, improve. We, we already have a kind of like a stewardship code in That's place right, yeah. with the institutional investor framework. Yep. Um, so so there's already that to adhere to. And I think, I, I'm not sure whether Aberdeen is one of the signatories, yep. but I think some of the government funds are mm, already. So, are, yeah. so, you know, so that's all, all already happening. Mm. So, yeah, but, so maybe but more we'll needs to be done, right? I yeah. mean, yeah. It, it has, and it comes from, to a certain extent, when you've got funds invested and then you push this agenda, it also helps to, to, to get these companies to take a step up and, and you know, move in the right direction, especially in corporate governance. There is a success story, though, because in Hong Kong, uh, just shortly after the Asian financial crisis, they also set up a fund uh, to buy into Hong Kong stocks. And uh, they ended up making quite a bit of money because, as we know from history, the markets around the world rebounded from the Asian financial crisis and the Hong Kong government made a lot of money. They then unitized this fund as a way of exit for the government and sold it to the public. Uh, so uh, there must, at the end of the day, be some degree of accountability and uh, a measure of how uh, an exit for the government is going to be because yep. you don't want really the government to be investors in the stock market or to be traders in the stock market. Yeah, yeah. No, I think an example of where it hasn't worked uh, just off the top of my head is Korea. You've got you know governments um, pumping in cash into this specific company. So, for example, Wuri Bank in Korea was a big bank that the government sort of tried to recapitalize and now they're struggling to sell it off because it's too big for them to sell off. There's no, no one wants to buy a single entity that's you know, 20%, 30% of the banking system itself. They can't digest that kind of size and we don't want that to happen here with the governments here because you're going to get stuck. There's no liquidity in that sense, right? So yeah. there's going to be a huge problem. Okay, so we've talked about the pros and cons of the support fund. Now let's get mercenary and uh, let, let's think about <laughs> oh, uh, you know, how, how to front run this fund, right? Uh, what are they going to buy into? 
Well, that's a question we don't really know, and we didn't yeah. know what the value cap fund. We didn't know, yeah. you know. So, so I, I guess so. The, specifically, we have a clue already. These are going to be mid and small cap stocks, right? Yeah, wow, but okay. that, 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 <laughs> well, that's um, a football field size of a clue. But look, here, here's the, need, the here's the needle. There's the haystack. Yeah. <laughs> Put them two together. Any way of filtering it down? No, I mean it's it's nearly impossible because, like I said, even the GLICs have very different definitions of what is a small and mid cap, right? And that's one thing they got to start out first, and now you've got the PLC research team is going to research 300 companies who we don't know what they are. There's already 700 to 1,000 companies within that range that they could research. So I'm, I'm not going to you know, try to front run and see what, what companies uh, would probably fall within this range. But is what that, I'll, I'll probably do is, yeah. is just to say that the, for Aberdeen itself, our investment process would stay the same. So we look at good management, look at a good track record, growth story, and, and it will probably be the same process for us as we would in any other company. Is there a case for a type of correlation play in a sense that uh, this becomes something that's thematic and people have a mad rush to, to buy into small cap stocks? So any small cap stocks or mid cap stocks with a semblance of fundamental valuation uh, is worth looking into? Yeah, I think people are trying. They're trying yeah. to figure it out, but yeah. they can't. There's just well, wouldn't it be great if you're one of the individuals tasked with this, you know, objective, and then you know you have so much, you know, monetizable information at your fingertips. Oh, you're onto something. They try. What? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But then again, that's where policy comes in, right? It's like it's, yes. it's you've got to ex- expect these people to have that. And, and Malaysia's uh, famous for this. We, yeah. we, 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 you know, we offer these huge highfalutin ideas and these huge objectives with very, very few details, and then yeah. after, after you know a few months. We've lost sight of it. There's no more news flow. Yep. We don't know where the money's gone. It's all very uh, ephemeral. Yeah. Well, there you go. This has been another episode of the SNM show, and we have been talking about the three billion ringgit support fund that the government proposed in the latest budget uh, to buy into small and mid-cap stocks. And uh, I also want to thank our guest this morning, Hasif Murad, investment manager of me. Aberdeen Asset Management, to come in and uh, give his opinion about this. Uh, join us again next week uh, for another talk on the SNM show, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.